This is the Retail Politics Podcast. Here we strive to give you the best political information about your nation. One download at a time. Here's your host, former congressional correspondent and award-winning reporter, Jerry Shields. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, listeners, for spending 30 minutes of your precious time with us as we delve into the issues in politics confronting America today. We will talk about the politics of California with my old pal Steve Lopez of the Los Angeles Times. Hello, Steve. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be talking to you again. <laughs> you too. So uh, California never disappoints. You got a recall election. You got a bear at a press conference. You got a porn queen running. You got a transgender, uh, Caitlyn Jenner thinking about running, I guess running. And uh just never disappoints. But tell us a little bit about how this referendum works, because California seems to you know, have a lot of these. I, I got to L.A. in 2001 after many years working on the East Coast. And uh, it wasn't long after I got here that we had uh, a, gubernatorial re- re- a gubernatorial recall. So here we go again. And that one, you will recall, was um, the one that, that uh, catapulted Ray Davis, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. from mm-hmm. the, the screen in Hollywood into the governor's mansion in Sacramento. And, you know, I will never, ever forget standing at a Schwarzenegger rally at the uh, Orange County Fairground, standing next to, by the way, Jimmy Breslin, who was visiting from New York because- You're standing next to God. You're standing next to God, yeah. Well, the legendary New York columnist came to see for himself what was going on in, in California. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, gave the signal and they dropped a wrecking ball from the top of a crane onto a vehicle <laughs> that was symbolizing that he was going to crush the California car tax that Gray Davis, the governor, had raised. And it was a be- it was a spectacle. It was a beautiful thing to see, a, a wonderful political stunt. But Jimmy uh, Breslin was was baffled. He looked at me. He looked at me and he said. <laughs> You know what the hell is going on here? Then I, I, I said, just welcome to California. We do it a little differently. Uh, well, why, why? I, I guess the, I'm curious about the the legislation that allows this to happen because you know people kind of write these off. Ah, it's never going to happen. But there we had Arnold, and this one looks like it's got some legs. Well, the last one obviously had legs, and uh, you know, Gray Davis was was bounced out of office. Schwarzenegger dropped that wrecking ball on Gray Davis after he dropped it on the car. Mm-hmm. And um, things are different. This is a different time in California. And um, I, don't, I don't see this one panning out. And I could, I could, I could give you a couple reasons why. And uh, just in the time that I've been in California, the state has, has changed quite a bit. Um, we have, um, you know, a, an ever-shrinking number of registered Republicans in California. It's almost, you know, an extinct species. Mm. And we have now um, the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest uh, uh, demographic is not whites, it's, it's Latinos. Mm -hmm. So the state has gotten more progressive Mm -hmm. in many ways and more independent. And that doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, the Trumpsters in mm-hmm. California. We got, we actually got them by the millions. When mm-hmm. you've got, when you've got uh, forty million people living here, you know, he drew a few million votes. So um, we do have a conservative, uh, you know, base in California, 
And I'm reminded of what Jim Carville said about Pennsylvania. He said Pennsylvania was Philadelphia and Pittsburgh with Alabama in between. (laughs) And California is kind of. California is kind of uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles with Oklahoma in between. So we got, <laughs> we got, you know, red state, but they're in a distinct minority. Right. So that's that's one thing that that has changed here. The other thing is that here's an interesting stat: the LA Times just sponsored a poll by, co-sponsored a poll by UC Berkeley, when Schwarzenegger beat Gray Davis. Mm-hmm. 67% of California voters had an unfavorable opinion of Davis. Today, with Newsom, the unfavorable opinion is way down at just 43%. Mm-hmm. So a lot, the majority of Californians, if you believe these polls, seem to think that Gray Davis, uh, or rather that uh, Gavin Newsom, is no Gray Davis, and he's doing, he's doing much better. So I don't see this... I don't see this thing, um, you know, um, knocking him out of office, Mm -hmm. although there's no shortage, as you say, of people stepping up to give it a shot. Oh, that's amazing. And Newsom's interesting. I followed him as soon as he was mayor of San Francisco because it was him and O'Malley in Baltimore who were discussed as future presidential candidates. He had a scandal there. He got into an affair. And then he had this recent situation where he's cracking down on everybody wearing a mask. And he's in, was it the French Laundry? Another great name. Uh, He's in the French Laundry restaurant uh, without a mask. And, you know, that kind of just came whack him. Does something like that do you think? Oh, I think that was huge, uh, Jerry. That was a big. People were really upset because that happened at a time when Newsom was telling all of us, "Be careful, stay home, keep your mask on. We can't reopen businesses yet. Um, don't have any public gatherings." And then we find out that uh, <laughs> you know he's he's at maybe the most expensive restaurant in all of California. <laughs> With, among other people, a lobbyist, and he oh. wasn't indoor. He wasn't outdoors as he initially suggested that he was. Ooh. And they were masks. And the guy whose birthday party it was is a lobbyist who has a huge issue on a desalination plant that's uh, before <laughs> the state right now. So, no, people were really, really ticked uh. off because it was so uh, hypocritical and. Um, and it was so elitist. I mean, you know, uh, mm-hmm. most Californians are not going to the French Laundry where mm-hmm. it costs about $100 for a sprout and a carrot. You know, I mean, <laughs> normal people don't eat there. So I, he really ticked off people. And I think he gave this thing he gave this thing a lot of momentum. The other thing that's been happening in California is that during the pandemic, with all of these people out of work by the millions um, you know, you go to get your state unemployment and the the uh, digitalized system for the state uh, economic development department was a mess, just a disaster. Mm-hmm. And people couldn't register. They couldn't get answers to mm-hmm. questions. They would get lost mm-hmm. online. And, you know, here they are flat broke and the rent is overdue and they can't put food on the mm-hmm. table. And then these stories began to break that prison inmates had figured out how to tap this system and that (laughs) billions of dollars, billions of dollars in unemployment insurance were going to inmates. I mean, these two things happened and 
you know, it got the anti-Newsom forces, which were already there, um, it got them really, really revved up. And, you know, those are those are serious problems and missteps. The thing is, um, aside from the political blunder at the French Laundry, Newsom hasn't been bad. He's been, you know, there's been mm-hmm. some mixed signals on what we all ought to be doing and when things are going to reopen. And that's been a little bit aggravating. Mm-hmm. But overall, he's done some, you know, a decent job. And, um, you know, the economic development scandal with all those billions wasted was really about a bad uh, computer system that he didn't invent and that can't Mm -hmm. be quickly fixed. So I think a lot of Californians, while they're upset about both of those things, are giving them a bit of a pass. And, you know, a lot of good things have happened under Newsom. And lately, as, as California has found out that it's got a gargantuan budget surplus. I mean, he's handing out money left and right, which Mm. is really going to, I think, you know, kick this recall effort to the curb. I mean, it's almost like Mexico where he's going to give us refrigerators or something, you know, (laughs) it's a a turkey to throw into the oven. Now he's going all out with billions of dollars every day. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. 12 billion for homelessness. You know, and yes, uh, yes, yes. So, no, he's going to beat this thing back, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, God, you can't ask for anything else going into an election with billions and, you know, handing that money. That's, you know, that's like they used to have in Baltimore walking around on the election. Uh, you mentioned the bear. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Republican on the ballot who has been trotting out a bear to his campaign. <laughs> the man's name is John Cox. Uh. John Cox has the distinction of having run against Newsom three years ago, and he was beaten mm-hmm. by Newsom in the biggest landslide since 1950, I kid you not. So you would think mm. that having been crushed by Newsom, that John Cox would have been thinking long and hard about a new strategy and, and possibly a governing philosophy. Yes. So what do we get? He holds a press conference. I'm running for governor, and I've got to bear with me because it's beauty and the beast, and I'm the beast, and California needs beastly leadership. So here's a, here's a bear yeah. on a leash, and I'm not embarrassed to say that I was I was rooting for the bear to break free and turn on <laughs> and maybe take a bite out of his rear end. It's P.T. Barnum, man. I- this this it's, was the dumbest. Barnum. It really it's is the dumbest spectacle, and it's what you do. I, I spoke to a GOP strategist about this, Mike Madrid, and he said that's where the Republican Party is. It's it's performance. He said you got to have you, you can't just be against Newsom. You got to have something to offer in the place of Newsom. And so far, we're not hearing that. Yeah. Not anything very compelling, yeah. anyway. If if the Republicans in California had compelling, winnable ideas. They wouldn't have been shut out of statewide office. They wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't have seen their party shrink. They haven't had the ideas that might sell in California, and they don't seem to have them in this election. And that would include um, Caitlyn Jenner, who, you know. Yeah, I was just going to mention her. (laughs) So, look, last time we had had Gary Coleman and uh, the actor, and he didn't have much to say. We had. 
Mary Carey, the porn star, she's back in it, uh, but doesn't have much to stay, say. Mm-hmm. I guess she's uh, going to have her body. Well, that's not new. I mean, we had that in the federal, the presidency. You know, he had his porn yeah, yeah. star. So yeah. We, yeah, we but with Mary Carey, I mean, she just sees, you know, let her body of work speak for her, so to speak. And, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's, it's so Caitlyn Jenner. A lot of people thought, well, this is like Schwarzenegger, isn't it? Or it's like, maybe it's like Reagan, because there is that history of people who were celebrities getting elected to office. But it's nothing at all like right. that, because, you know, Schwarzenegger had been involved in politics a little bit. He he had started an after school uh, program, an initiative in California, and he had, he had worked with uh, Olympic programs for the president. And Reagan was very involved in uh, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, as a union official, which made him, you know, a yep. bit of a politician. He was involved in, I think, the Eisenhower campaign. So these are people mm-hmm. who actually, you know, had an idea about what they wanted to do in politics. And here's here's Caitlyn Jenner, who has nothing but platitudes and I'm going to clear all the hurdles. The beauty of of her is that she is a transgender athlete. I mean, as Bruce Jenner, she wins the decathlon in the Olympics, which is just an incredible feat. And now you you were writing that she wrote she voted against she voted with the GOP ban of allowing transgender athletes in you know to participate. So it just, yeah, you can't write it might be the, the first respect, transgender. You know? It's the first trans <laughs> transgender candidate whose whose critics include. The transgender community—they don't—they don't want her. So, exactly. and you know what? Exactly right. Yeah. You know, Jerry, that poll that I told you about—that uh, that yeah. suggested that uh, you know uh, Newsom can probably sleep pretty well at night. So, people were asked, "Who do you yeah. like? Who do you like among the Republicans?" And uh, both uh, John Cox, the man with the bear, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Grizzly Adams. Um, People at twenty three percent said, "Yeah, he's okay," and then or twenty two percent. There's a former um, um, uh, mayor of uh, San Diego running. That's Kevin Falconer. Twenty two percent liked him, and Caitlyn Jenner, who's gotten the most publicity, she got six percent. Six percent said. Uh, you did talk about something very serious, something very close to you, and that is the homeless situation out there. Uh, we had uh, Dennis Culhane on a, a little while back, and he's at the University of Pennsylvania, considered one of the foremost uh, experts on homelessness. And I was telling him I was really impressed with the um, the tax, the sale tax vote. You know, they they a penny uh, a penny on the uh, sales tax, all gone to homelessness, three billion over ten years. And I'm thinking this is wonderful. You know, politicians tax the people; they get thrown out of office. But if you tax yourself, that's a different story. But he's saying it's bringing three hundred million a year, and you need five hundred million. So it just still seems to be a dire situation. Yeah, it's um, and you know, um, I after I got back from uh, Skid Row today, which um, is one of the centers of LA's homeless population, I was working on a column there. Um, you know, I was talking to my office, and they said, "Hey, you know, our the mayor um, might be getting um, appointed to a, a post in India. He's going to be could be Biden's ambassador to uh, India. That's Eric Garcetti is the mayor of L.A. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they asked me to be ready to write a column about about him. So I I I've spent part of my day to day talking to people about well, what is Eric's legacy? And you cannot have that discussion without talking about homelessness in L.A. 
And he is, Eric Garcetti has been out front. There's no question about it. He has been one of the leaders. There's no question about that. But the problem has only gotten worse. And I was I was talking to somebody mm-hmm. before I got on with you saying, you know, you can, it, a lot of people want to, we're in a culture of, um, you know, uh, easy scapegoats and even easier fixes except that the scapegoats aren't always entirely responsible and the easy fixes don't work out. And I think that homelessness, Mm -hmm. whether it's in uh, Miami or in uh, Philadelphia or Washington, D.C. or New York City or L.A. or San Francisco, is about a thousand things that, that go back many, many decades and are more than anything else about how this country um, did not develop um, a post-industrial economy that worked for everybody. And the economy of today is just spinning along um, for um, a minority of people who have the majority of the money. And so in California, it's, you know, a lot of people want to blame the mayor for homelessness, but the way government is set up here, the mayor doesn't run the the mental health department or the public health department. He doesn't set housing prices. He doesn't yeah. have much yeah. to do with what jobs are available. And I think he's dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, all the damage caused by 50 years of, of global forces that have left people sure, down sure. and out yeah. and struggling on yeah. the streets. So yeah. he could have been he could have done better yeah, than I mean, he has. Yeah. And at times we, we wanted him to be a bit more of a leader. But I can't blame mm-hmm. our massive homeless situation. Right. We got more than 60,000 people homeless in L.A. I can't put that on any one local public official. Yeah, and it's amazing because, you know, when we were talking to Dennis, I think the, the recent the census said 200,000 people in America are on the street, 100,000 of them are in California. And you hit it on a column recently in which you said, hey, we've got the, the richest economy in the country, and yet we have the biggest problem of homelessness. But that's really the country, too. I mean, we're the richest country, but we've got this amazing homeless problem that hasn't changed since you and I were in Philly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has, the numbers are just about the same. And um, you're right. I mean, you, you did a great book called The Soloist, and you had a movie made of it. And you went out and you met a guy, Nathaniel, in the park, and he was a cello player. And you were looking for a column. It was a great story for any reporter. You need a column. You just say, hey, let me walk the streets and find one. And you did. You, you saw a homeless guy playing cello, which is kind of like a bear at a, at a press conference. I mean, you don't see that all the time. You sit down <laughs> with him, and then you start to help him. And you spend a year uh, trying to get him mental health services, get him arrested. And so in that one year, you're seeing what it takes to get one person off the street. We're talking about tens, thousands, tens of thousands. Yeah. And so um, that, that just gives you an idea of just what a monumental problem that is. There's another thing that's complicating it even more, and that is the meth, the methamphetamine epidemic, which... Um, is a little bit like what the crack epidemic was because crack was really cheap and really available, easily available, and it would just destroy people. And methamphetamine is maybe even cheaper and more abundant, and it's all over the streets of L.A., and people get on it, and they're in its clutches, and um, they're just not thinking right. And um, that's that's another piece of dealing with homelessness is is dealing with that huge huge addiction issue that we have on our streets yeah and um you know i i 
it, it's the government. I mean, I was talking to Dennis and Dennis said, hey, you know, 40 percent of homeless service money comes from people. So it's not that people are not generous and that they, they don't care. It's just that the government has not put the effort in you know, making this a priority. And he was talking more on the federal level. So the veterans, veterans are, I think they've improved 50%. That's because the government targeted them and said, we want to get them off the streets. And uh, yeah, it's it's really, it was interesting. I was in the gym and there was a lady on Fox News and she's like, hey, everybody get ready. Biden's bringing California to America. And they're showing the skid row in the streets. And uh, so, yeah, it's, um, I, I, do you see it ending? I mean, not ending, but I mean, do you see it getting getting better at all well um california has done quite a bit and the mayor the governor um has is now committing another 12 billion dollars to to housing and and other services the the problem is that um for all of the work that has been done it hasn't been up to the needed scale and we need to find Mm -hmm. different ways to 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 you know address the needs but i think that behind all of that is that thing i mentioned which is you got to fix this economy. I mean, you know, you in California, if you had a convention of, of, of billionaires, you would need Dodger Stadium to put all of California's <laughs> billionaires. And, and, you know, a shack, a shack costs two million dollars, but the wages have not risen like the housing yeah. prices have yeah. risen. And there's got to be something about um, addressing the housing affordability needs and the wages. And that's 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 something that, you know, a mayor and a governor can 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 have an impact on. But but, you know, these are these are large, largely involved decades of federal policy and of tax incentives for manufacturing to leave to leave, you know, the United Mm -hmm. States. I get emails all the time from people telling me, you know, you got a Democratic mayor, a Democratic city council, you got a Democratic governor, and you got the nation's biggest homeless problem. It's it's all caused by Democrats. And I say, well, what about those 50 years of, you know, um, of of, um, GOP, of financing of Wall Street interests, and good jobs leaving the country. Do, do Republicans have no no role in this? I think it's more complicated <laughs> than people yes. want for it yes. to be. And another thing is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I meet people uh, on the streets of L.A. who are waiting. They're on a waiting list for Section 8 housing. They're work, These are working people. Some of them are working two jobs, but they can't mm-hmm. afford anything here. Mm-hmm. They need some subsidized housing. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, how's that going? Well, I've been on the I've been on the list for eight years. They say the average right now is 12 years. And you think you shake your head and think, are you kidding? No. And as those housing vouchers became uh, fewer, you know, um, and fewer um, over the years, it just added to the homeless problem. So there are a lot of factors in creating homelessness. And, um, you know, it, it, the, the fix is not something that any one government official can do. And, and another issue is in California. We got all these people crying about homelessness who live in neighborhoods where they don't want low income housing. They don't want high density housing. Uh, yeah. They don't want any kind of a temporary shelter. They want they want people to be shoved off into some kind of human corral. And it doesn't it just doesn't work. So everybody's got a role to play. 
And uh, it's, it's a lot of people who haven't stepped up. Well, I see since you've been in California, things are going well. That's really nice, Steve. But then, uh, but we really do appreciate having you on. And we expect all these problems to be taken care of. Maybe by the next time we have you on, you think you can do that? Yeah, no Well, problem. maybe I'll maybe I'll run for governor. You know, everybody else is. <laughs> Well, now, what would Trump bear? I shouldn't use Trump. What would uh, what would uh, would get more attention? And what can beat a bear? I don't know. I don't know how you beat a bear. Bears, bears are pretty tough. I don't know. Well, I don't know what uh, I would. I would. Uh, you know, actually, to be honest with you, it's it's much easier to write about what's gone wrong than to get into the game and try to fix it. So I'm going to keep my job. <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, we appreciate you joining us, my friend. And uh, we'll definitely have you back to keep us uh, up to date on what's going out in La La Land. So thanks again. All right. Send me a sandwich. All right. Well, let me bring in our technical producer, the Wizard of Pods, Brad Maybe, How are you, Brad? I am excellent, sir. Another great interview about the, uh, well, this time about the wackiness of the state of California. Oh, my God. They never disappoint. They just never disappoint. It's just a circus out there. Have you been out there much? I have been out there quite a few times in like the last 10 years. And every time I'm in California, specifically L.A., uh, it's great to hang out for three or four days, but then I am happy to leave. Well, that's New York, too, right? Nice place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live there, you know? Well, I that. lived there for 10 years, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get my fill of that place. <laughs> well, I think a place like L.A. and New York is good to live, like, maybe three years just for the competition, you know, just to fight somebody to get on the subway, just to, you know, fight in traffic, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. You know, it's a, it's a test. It's a, it builds your character. Yes, uh, Los Angeles pretty interesting i mean almost like florida and new york it's it's got a lot of people from different places and um you know it's just a, a kind of a hodgepodge I, I always wanted to see um the walk not the walk yeah the walk of family you know where they put their handprints in the, in the in the concrete and there was a great old kink song called celluloid heroes and you know mickey rooney don't stamp on mickey rooney but i wanted to go there to see the marimon law one which was you know the most famous she's got it and um the one that really uh, hit me was uh, but Robin Williams, you know, because Robin Williams. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Robin, and yeah. in his, he had Carpe Diem written, which was really sad. You know, Seize the Day, that was from the Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets, yeah, a great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, and it was just so sad to see that. And then the Humphrey Bogart one was really good. It said, uh, so it's Sid, Sid's, I can't remember Sid's last name outside of his theater. And then Humphrey Bogart wrote, Sid, please don't die because I want to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, California politically just <laughs> never disappoints. Uh, uh, I, you know, you can't, you couldn't script that. I mean, that's an Elmore Leonard script, you know, a bear and a porn star and a transgender. And a, it's just uh, crazy. It was interesting. There was an interesting article about Arnold Schwarzenegger over the weekend, and he's become. Uh, kind of a statesman now, and kind of like yeah, he is, yeah, he is, he is, he is a legit politician, and it's a shame that you know he can't do, he can't rise any any higher because he wasn't born here, right? Because he is a true conservative, and and those guys are are a dying breed. 
Yeah. And he was interesting because when he got elected, I said to myself, this guy could be the president if he didn't have that hurdle, mm -hmm, which he wasn't mm -hmm. born here, because I saw the thing that Donald Trump seized. I saw that when Arnold was elected. It was people saying, hey, look, we're sick of politicians. So we could have had the Arnold instead of the Donald, you know, if he was, yeah. <laughs> if he was born here. Well, thanks again for all your help, buddy. Always great to uh, to chat with you. And uh, we will be back next week with a thrilling edition of the Retail Politics Podcast. Thank you to our executive producer, Mike Pugat, our technical producer, Brad Mavey, our announcer, Dave, and of course, our contributing voice talent, John. One take turns the voiceover Tampa Bay. And we will see you next week. And until then, always remember to read behind the headlines. Thank you. With the front row, award-winning reporter Gerard Shields takes you into the vanishing world of print news to a time when stories were reported, not invented or twisted. Imagine you have press credentials in the front row with Shields throughout his decades-long newspaper career, covering political corruption, scandal, and heroics during the critical events of our time. With dozens of Amazon five-star reviews, Shields' latest work, The Front Row, is a passionate study of American journalism while delivering his own invaluable life lessons. The Front Row by Gerard Shields. Available now at Amazon.com.